the season of blood. Yeah, it is. I don't understand it. I don't understand what where in the system it gets gunked up because sometimes it's one program, sometimes it's another. Take two, episode three hundred and seventy-nine of We Were Gamers, a podcast that continues to not know how we do it. Do what now? Uh have a podcast. Hi JJ. Hello. Uh it's you and me today. Solo cast. A solo duo cast. That's not yeah, I was like, well, solo what? Like solo duo. It's not how we define we're, solo. We're we're a solo duo. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I'm gonna say one I, word to you that doesn't make any it's not one word, it's two words, but the first one is a uh what do you call that? An article? It's the the word the when you like right, like it's the one you drop, but usually you need it for specifics. So like the Home Depot, but just Home Depot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to say it, and then you're going to laugh. The butcher. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm nodding my head and smiling. Uh huh. I have been playing some Diablo Four. We talked about it. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today, but I had to lead off with the one that I. That's that's my most recent experience trying to do one of those sorcerer dungeons. I was halfway through it, and all of a sudden, a madman came out of nowhere. You were halfway there and ended up living on a prayer? I did live. Uh, I'm not playing hardcore, so I guess it doesn't really matter if I had died. Um, but I'm level 26, and I have not yet perished, thankfully. And I didn't really want to. I kind of figured out as I ran out of my last potion that I probably was not supposed to be able to beat him yet. Um, I, I guess I don't know um, how it works at lower levels. Mm-hmm. I definitely know how it works at higher levels. And it it's always one of those things where you kind of have to really kite them around. And if you're solo, right? Yeah. Um it's not a it's not usually something you can fight like just standing there you two hitting each other that's going to go bad for you yeah we're talking about diablo 4 uh today because i've been playing a lot of it and i know you talked about it on the podcast a little bit uh we we all got together this weekend actually which was quite nice and yeah, very uh, your lov- lovely wife and i got to talking about d4 since i think she actually plays more than you do correct uh uh, and we were comparing notes on, on a lot of things and it actually let me reflect on some of the stuff I had on my, my list today of things I like and things I was, I found questionable. But I think the biggest thing was, uh, I, you didn't undersell the game, but I underappreciated some of the things you had told me, uh, in terms of their impact in redesigning the Diablo franchise. I thought it was going to be diablo 3 the redux and graphically it probably is i mean yeah i I think uh, in terms of the the graphics i would say you know it you know it looks very nice and when you zoom in it looks like really really good 
there are there are more cinematic camera angles in the cutscenes and stuff, and none of that has existed in Diablo before. So there's like a lot to say, you know, technically that is good about the graphics. I think, I think also but in terms of like the style, quote unquote, right? It's I was not, also yeah. kind of disappointed by the graphics, to be honest. I mean, the opening scene, I've got the game on Ultra, and there's a raven in a tree, and I'm seeing like individual feathers not textured in properly they're just sort of layered on top of the model and like the in-game cutscenes, meh you know i don't know it just so far has felt a little bit like really this is the best i'm gonna be able to do on this 3080 30 i don't know what uh, i don't even know that, what it's an computer. important difference because the like better um you know dsr frame generation stuff activates at the the 30 series anyway it doesn't we, matter we all that game to, isn't about we'll that game isn't about visual yeah, fidelity so. the game isn't think, about visual fidelity right the game is about yeah. uh um clicking and seeing things all explode all at once uh which the game does do quite well sure, but like they're up against Baldur's gate 3 now it, Baldur's gate 3 is also like it, it's one of those games at times but okay. it, it's it's also one of those games that you play from like a kind of overhead top down isometric is, type perspective. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think it's a similar problem of like graphical fidelity only goes so far in those sorts of games because you're playing from an overhead top down perspective and it doesn't matter how detailed the armor is. You're only seeing like a third of the back of it from the from the angle you're at. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of odd for them to then really I mean, that wardrobe and a lot of like the armor really gets a lot of detail because they want you to oh, sit around and play dress up doll with it. Right. Well, you are doing it wrong if you're doing any of that at this point. Right. That stuff is all for the people who are level ninety nine. Like <laughs> none of that matters to you. Stop. I I experimented with as much as I could experiment with just to have said said I've tried most of the systems, right? Like I wanted to know how everything kind of worked. I didn't want to I know that I shouldn't be sitting here adding aspects or what used to be called enchantments. The, uh, uh so not quite, yeah, right? Not quite. Um, yeah. Uh, the aspects aren't quite enchantments and neither are enchantments what's the thing you can rip off of legendaries now and then apply to other those are aspects also yes so this is the thing right the thing about aspects is you get them from dungeons but you also get them from you know basically disenchanting legendaries to get the aspect that the the legendary had so in some instances you never need to do those dungeons because you could just find the thing on the piece of gear right right sure um but if you need a specific thing for your build or whatever, right, then yeah, yeah the, you should do that thing because it's really helpful to have easy access <laughs> to it. The thing I have heard, though, is that if you've got the stuff from your gear, quote unquote, right, like or from your codex, the codex ones are always going to be the lowest roll. Yeah. So you're getting, you know, if it goes from like 20 to 30% or whatever, you know, I'm just making numbers up, but sure. you're going to get 20% every time you do it out of the codex versus yes. when you pull it off items, you'll get whatever the item had, but the item might be anything in that range. Right. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's, that's what I've understood it to me. So, and as a like further, uh, thing on top of all of this, the aspects sometimes have different, 
ranges when applied to different pieces of gear. Uh, yeah, there's bonuses if you apply them to different pieces of gear. So, like, amulets add a 50% bonus, weapons add 100% bonus. Something I don't know like what that. they are. But, yeah, yeah so, and there are some things that can only go on certain kinds of of pieces of gear. So, like, yeah, maybe it's... you don't have a choice of putting it on one of these, but maybe you do. And then maybe is it worth, you know, giving up some other bonus at a higher percentage to get this one at a higher thing? Or, like, you know, this is the optimization of the game. It's a very interesting root take and redux of trying to take some of the loot grind and turn it into the almost like the... um socket system from like a gacha game without it being a gacha game although we'll get to the battle pass later you know like it it, oh i want to keep re-rolling this aspect until i just get the highest version of the thing all right and you plan your build around the aspects you know you can get instead of just like well do i run a hydra sorcerer because i have this piece of gear which was what you used to do that's what you used to do in Diablo 2 when gear that's what I'm was saying. like hard yeah. to come by. In this game, right. it's not, right? And, no, and I know. It's, it's similar to Diablo 3 where like eventually you would get all the pieces of gear you need. It was just a matter of, you know. Time, right? So yeah. so that's what I'm saying is that I'm trying to like lay out the differences for people that played D2 and D3, right? That maybe weren't apparent to me at first of why they had changed things and made gear really. I mean, gear, junk gear after like level 20 just stops dropping. At least in my experience, there really hasn't been that much. Yeah. Horrible gear dropping all over the place. I mean, there's definitely lots of magic and rare items that you don't really need and you disenchant, but my bag is not full of gray, useless junk all the time. That stuff will keep dropping, right? Or white, white colored gear, whatever the like, Mm -hmm. yeah, lowest level stuff. It will keep, it will keep dropping even up to max level, but just don't click on it, right? Like, it's not <laughs> worth picking up, right? Yeah. Because at some point, you know, and this is was true in the other versions of Diablo also, that the money doesn't matter in this game anymore <laughs> at some point, right? Early yeah. on, you can kind of get yourself into a bad place by engaging with systems that are very expensive for the level you're in. Um, you know, like the aspect system and some of that stuff can be very expensive. Uh, upgrading your items can be very expensive. Yeah. But some of them just are don't, just don't somewhat- do that. Just level up. Well, some of them are somewhat necessary, like the magic regen, right? Like getting magic regen if you're going to build this chain lightning build or whatever. Like certain things people have built in, but you just put them on gear that you're not replacing that often, like your neck or your your rings or whatever. And then, you know, just eat, eat extra levels on those things. I don't know about you when you were leveling, but my gear is like severely under leveled. I don't know what that's about. You're not getting, I mean, you know, you're leveling up so fast that it's going to be impossible for you to replace all the pieces of gear with appropriately leveled gear. Yeah. Unless you are grinding a bunch at a certain place. But then even if that was the case, you would be leveling up faster still. So like, it's not going to really, yeah, the gear is going to lag behind your character level always. That's just sort of how it goes. But I really, I, I baited you right there into talking about the thing we really have to talk about, which is leveling. Because they retuned a game to the game to, and this is not unique, but it's large in terms of putting it in a Diablo game and an RPG ARPG at that. I didn't quite understand how it was really going to affect me that the whole game is just sort of leveling with you. 
there's really no harder areas and no easier areas. Oh, and and it's true. The quests also are leveling with you, not not staying the same level. Because I had a level yeah, seven. Everything everything scales. Yeah, I had a level seven act one, and the act one stuff scaled up through the twenties as I was doing stuff. So it um everything scales to you, which to me. Yeah, I get it. It makes the content across the entire map evergreen. But it also changes my perspective about what I'm accomplishing in the game. Because at least in the time and area I've seen, and I think your partner was talking about this, uh, and I were talking about this, where I was like, I can't so far see that I've gotten any stronger in fact, at times, I'm much weaker because my gear just isn't right and the things are leveling up. And so the game is getting harder in areas that I've already been through. Which is a little odd considering your character is supposed to be getting stronger and better the whole entire time. Yeah, it, you know, there will be points where you're going to get into weird places because you have leveled to a certain extent. And if you're not making prog, you know, if you're putting points around in stuff on the tree that isn't making yourself actively stronger, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, you might be leading yourself down a tough path for a while until you get better gear, right? Because the, the thing you do get every level is a point on your skill tree. Sure. Um, or a paragon point when you get higher than 50. But the, you know, you are not getting actively stronger when you put the point in plus 5% defense every you know, mob or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to be making choices when leveling that are going to be different than the choices you're going to make when you're like high level and trying to optimize your build and a bunch of stuff, right? So yeah. it, it could be kind of a trap, especially if you're, you know, like me who doesn't play that often or probably I assume you. Are, are you just like going into this blind and like putting stuff in points wherever it seems good? Or are you like uh, trying to follow a build or something like that? So I on the last podcast or one before that said that I think I was thinking about doing barbarian, but I wasn't quite sure. And I don't, I wasn't sure that I was going to play the game a lot. And I remember playing barbarian in three and I loved it. And I also remember playing sorcerer in three and loving it. And a lot of the things I read were like, Hey, sorcerer might be easier to level than barbarian currently. And, um, so I wasn't doing a blind blind. I figured out like, okay, I should do this idea of this chain lightning thing. And then I sort of started reading what their plan was and what I wanted to do that was different. So I planned it out using D4 builds.gg, I think is, I'll shout them out. I think it's D4 builds.gg because I also have been using, they have an interactive map on their website that lets you check off alters when you click them. Yeah, I was. That was going to be another question we were going to talk about. So you, I'm glad you already brought it up. But if you aren't going through and clicking on the altars that that are around you that you can find, mm-hmm. um, it's it it's a noticeable increase in power. Like I didn't do very much of that when I first uh, was going through this area or when the game. And so as a consequence, I'm missing like a ton of extra potion capacity and points on now my future characters until I just go back and like walk around with a map open, basically. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm not going to ones that are super out of my way because I know you get a horse. And don't. Later. It's not. Yeah, and don't because it's not worth it. Right. Right. Um, I'm trying to stay. I I did fall into the trap you warned me about, and I caught myself after doing a a, a couple side quests because I was trying to ignore them, and then I realized one of the ones that I got was for, um, like being a sorcerer and getting the um. There's like a sub bonus you get to some of your skills where you can socket your sil- skills in as like a uh secondary effect thing yeah um, so very is, similar uh, very similar to what was that game we were talking about uh one of the super giant game games um transistor shoot. transistor transistor yeah so there are uh different kinds of quests and i should have made that more clear but the the quest log has yeah this tests that are de- yeah and the ones that show up under the i don't remember what the, the heading is Mm-hmm. Um, that aren't necessarily the main story quests, but have like the little symbol that is different yeah. from the like blue exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Those are ones you should probably pursue because they are important in terms yeah. of giving you stuff like that. Right. And, and I fell into the trap of being like, Oh no, I'm, I'm missing things. And so I did a few and I was like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. I, I think I'm in, I'm in, what is it? Frosted something, uh, frosted peaks is the zone that I'm in the starter zone, quote unquote, even though there is no starter zone. Cause it's the same difficulty, the high, you know, like, uh, and just doing like two side quests, alters, finding all the, um, teleport points and doing a stronghold. And I've already maxed out the first three renown rewards, which, give you more bonuses to your character, which was like something that guides were telling me I needed to do. Um, so it's not like you need to be chasing side quests literally at all. And, and I want to make it clear to you, you, the main quest will take you to many of these places. It's not, I don't know about the strongholds. It's definitely not going to make you do all of them. It will make you take you to some of them. Oh, okay. Um, and it will also take you to some of these random towns. So, Oh, so don't go around running to random towns. Don't I go around running around to uh, there are some it won't take you to. Right. OK, but it will take you to a lot of them. You're going to go look. Hey, they're going to make you go to everywhere on the map because they want you to see it. <laughs> so <laughs> don't be like going out there and trying to, you know, uncover the whole map and explore all the regions or whatever. Yeah. You know, it won't force you to explore everything within the region that you're in because it never is going to make you do that. Right. But there are, you know, if you're in the region, it totally makes sense to go around and find all the statues because if you're already there, you're there. Right? Yeah. If you're so running you. some, that's why I grabbed that map because I I know that it's kind of cheating in a way. But like to me, this game, Who cares? I re- not like whatever. Well, well, I, I played it blind for a, a while. Right. I got through the prologue almost blind and I started to realize how much time they really were going to make me invest. Not in a bad way necessarily, but like the, the map was one of the first things I did where it was like, I'm going to miss stuff on my way. And I really, really don't have it in me probably to take this game past level 100. Maybe not even past level, you know, finishing the story, whatever that is, 45, 50. We'll see where I'm at just due to time and wanting to do other things. And honestly, some of the stuff, but like the map, interestingly, they solve one of Michael's COTC problems. (laughs) 
where uh, he has to like uncover every square inch of it, right? Mm-hmm. But the map sort of like if you graze an area will <laughs> will unveil most of the nearby zone, which is pretty nice. There's not really anything hidden. But it didn't reveal anything made minor, right? Like, it'll show you the biggest dungeon in that little area, but it won't show you where all the altars are in that area. So I really didn't want to just be running around all over the time. But it is kind of cool that it's like, oh, uh, you came close to this spot, so now you can see this whole area of the map. Yeah, it, it doesn't reveal those uh, statues, which are like, you know, the it's bonus kind of for the biggest, ex- yeah, extra exploration. Problem. And those statues, to be honest with you, give you such tiny, tiny little upgrades. They're so minimal, right? The only thing that's annoying is, uh, and the different regions, uh, you know, unlock different ones. But the the ones that uh, hold a skill point and potion capacity are the ones that you'll want by the time you get, you know, closer to the end game. Uh, so you want to make sure you get all those. But otherwise, it's kind of like whatever, dude. You get more. It's like five percent experience, whatever. You don't need that. Like it's fine. <laughs> I'm just grabbing the ones that are in the way, but um, yeah. Yeah, I was I've been I've been pretty surprised so far that the story has been it was split it, it was split in a very cool way to me of like okay, you made it past the prologue, you've hit the first town. Here's three branches of the story and they're all the same level pretty much because it's that's the type of game they built and um it was cool to just be like okay, well I'm not underleveled for doing act three if i want to do act three first and it's not tied into act one because obviously you got them all at the same time so it's just like three branches do them all whatever order you want it's a cool benefit of their leveling system yeah it is interesting right you know i played them in order one two three there's no reason that there's no reason you have to do that i will say in terms of where they send you i think really only doing act one and act two first are viable because mm-hmm. you kind of have to walk a long way to get to where Act 3 wants you to go if you haven't already done Act 2. <laughs> um, you do, you, know, you would I, do Act 2 on the way there, yeah. I mean, it, you would run into a quest for Act 2, I think, before you would get to where Act 3 asks you to go. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, the, but the story threads don't really collide, you're correct. And so you're kind of free to pursue the different things as you're interested in them. I, I've I've always generally liked the Diablo lore, although as the games have gone on and the games have gotten grosser and the graphics have gotten more disgusting and the sound design has gotten more disgusting. I just don't understand why anyone wants to be a hero or why all the survivors of Sanctuary aren't huddled in some massive walled city. Like, like I don't know how they do it anymore, but, uh, you know, this is what it is, I guess. <laughs> kind of mm. rough. We're not spending a lot of time in the game considering the plight of the common folk, I'll say. I mean, there's a lot of them that are dead everywhere. It's just, they're always dying. I don't understand how they're still around. It's, it, like I was saying, it's a cool benefit of the leveling system to be able to say all parts of the story are going to kind of roughly be the same. And so if it branches apart, like a real story might, it's cool. And like the the lore of Act One was cool. Where it's like, oh yeah, Rothma, I remember them talking about that guy. But I think there's downsides to the leveling system too, which so far are 
I don't get the feeling and the why of what I'm doing. If it's all going to be the same level, why level at all in a way, right? Like why, why not redo the system to be more like, I don't know if Baldur's is like this cause you've been playing it, but like more like the, the Dungeons and Dragons system was like you leveled your character is going to get one point better. Not like five points better, but like one point better. Not 500 points better. Not 15 armor pieces better. One point. Where is it going? Like, what's the most minute change you can make to make your character that much better? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it, it's also a, you know, the, the way those games work and the way the damage and stuff is calculated is so much more, you know, one level makes such a big difference because all of a sudden now you're rolling... 2d6 instead of 1d6 or whatever right like that makes such a big difference uh two six-sided dice or instead of one mm-hmm. right and th- in terms of the outcome of numbers there that's such a huge change yeah compared with you know from one one six-sided to two then you know turning the percentages up by 10 percent or whatever however diablo is doing it behind the scenes which i don't really know or understand it really makes me i think I'm not necessarily at the point of saying I like it or don't like it. It's different enough that it started to make me consider what leveling in a video game really should be, right? Like there's definitely games that are designed around the idea that you are going to get stronger and start to outclass the things around you. There are levelings that are built around like you need to level because the things around you are going to get stronger, but you're not going to be stronger than them. You're just trying to keep up. And then there's also like, I don't know, there's leveling because games have leveling in some games too, you know? Yeah. And I, um, I think, you know, and it's a philosophy you, question now of like, yeah. if the game like a Diablo ARPG now says leveling's cool, but like, what if it was just to gain skills and stuff, right? Like more like um souls-ish game where your skill still matters because you're just getting more tools but the the game hasn't let up on you at all i think that that's you know you're hitting on something that's that's true here and it's a critique that that sort of a lot of people leveled at this game when it first came out and you know you you have now played it and so you've finally gotten there right (laughs) and it's the this is it doesn't feel satisfying to kill stuff in this game sometimes, right? Because everything is always, you know, taking approximately similar amounts of damage because their health is like scaled to your level, to your power. And so, you know, it's like everything always dies at the same amount of time. Right. Mm -hmm. Except that that that's true until it stops being true. Right. Because eventually you start getting the better end of this curve where now you're unlocking you're as you're pushing farther down that tree those abilities are becoming more powerful <laughs> you're you're starting to equip legendaries in your slots right you're starting to replace these blues with yellows and you know upgrading them and stuff like that and then eventually it's just like look you know the the fodder enemies are just in the way <laughs> you're just like you know mowing through them uh till you're fighting elites and then elites are the the test at that point right right um, so, you know, it's a, they do want you to keep, I mean, the, the point of the game is for you to constantly go back and chase better loot and, you know, play more and do that kind of stuff. So they they have an incentive to keep you there, to keep the game fresh, to keep something happening. 
But I, I think it's a fair criticism. I think you're right to to level it here that it kind of like, especially early on, you're kind of like, what, <laughs> why? <laughs> What's the point of this? <laughs> you, know, you haven't gotten to the bottom of that skill tree though. Like some of the stuff at the bottom of that skill tree is like game breaking. Well, it feels at the first time you use it, you're just like, I just deleted that monster from existence. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That's how it felt to me the first time I got there. So it's definitely one of the reasons I wouldn't crit- criticize uh, versus critically think about the system and what it means in general for RPG games to say like, huh? Well, one of the ideas out there is like, what if everything just was like, like some doing some sort of scaling or like it, I'm yeah. going to have to think on it for a long time about what, what I really like about leveling in some games and, and in others, right? Like, I like the idea that I need to level my COTC characters because they need to catch up in the power curve to where the rest of my team is at so that I can do the content. And, like... So, Andy, I want you to think about this from the game sure. designer's perspective, right? The game designer has is thinking about all this, you know, years ago before anyone has played the game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do we make this fun? And they trade it off between a bunch of different things, right? And so it's like, oh, well, we could do things this way or this way or, you know, like the computers make any of this possible. There's no one stopping them, right? Sure, you know, it's a, sure. It's a, it's a money issue at some level, but like, you know, in terms of the how long it takes to kill a monster, that's totally something they could change. Mm-hmm. And they arrived here. Well, why? Like, what were the decisions that led them to this place as opposed to a place that you maybe might prefer more. And that's the, that's the interesting stuff. I might know? have an answer for that, which is the battle pass system. Yeah, it's probable. And I don't want that to seem like I think that they're money grabbing. And that's the only reason to have changed the leveling system. I think the idea is I played and I know you played and I know lots of people we know played Diablo for thousands, maybe thousand at least hours. And they expect people to be doing that again. And it's like, maybe they were thinking if we're going to do this thing of keeping this up as a live service, more involved than Diablo three was, is there a way to keep more of the content evergreen or at least somewhat evergreen? in its entirety. I mean, there's world levels and everything else to keep bumping the difficulty up. So maybe, maybe the, the game scaling to you doesn't matter as much as I'm thinking it does in the end. Well, so that's the other thing, right? What world level are you playing on? I'm currently on one just because I wanted to push through the story quicker than, than like probably two would allow. So you'll notice, right? Like, you know, just, in the middle of wherever you are, you, I believe you have access to one and two from the jump. And it is it is possible to play the game straight through from two. I don't recommend it, though, because it's a significant <laughs> increase in difficulty. Yeah. The monsters are quite a bit stronger. And it, mostly, you know, mostly in terms of health, you're not really seeing anything like more monsters. That's not how it works. It's just the numbers are bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I played for a while on two while I was doing the, the campaign. And it sucked because bosses just take forever to die. It's not that they're more dangerous necessarily. As long as you're good at not standing in the big bad zone of badness or the (laughs) get out of the way of the thing before it hits you. But the, you know, the price for screwing up is you're going to get like 85% of your health deleted or whatever. Right. 
So, you know, if you're feeling like your, your curve is too slow and you're not powerful enough, jump up that extra level. And all of a sudden you will make like a noticeable increase in experience and money with the trade-off being, it takes quite a bit longer to kill anything. Yeah. I'm not so concerned about that part of it. And I think that the curve is fine where it is in terms of my stress level and stuff, but I thought it was pretty funny to think about like, what are the options? Why did they do this? Is it because of the idea of the longevity of the game? I don't know. I don't know why I know that that battle pass to me, I I think the real answer, I think the real answer for the, the world tiers is as they call them. Yeah. Is that's your difficulty mode, right? If you want easy or normal versus hard, those are, that's what those are for. Yeah. And then once you start playing, you know, unfortunately then once you get past uh, the campaign and you get to level 50, you no longer have any choice uh, about playing in those higher modes. You must. Right. And original Diablo was like that too, in some ways where it's like, Oh, you need to play through again on hell difficulty in order to do, you know, the, the get the higher levels. Right. Um, But they really make it explicit where like, you you beyond level 50 in world two you just stop getting experience effectively it's just like a waste of your time like they you need to go to three yeah and then three caps out at some point you need to go to four wow crazy uh i don't know why my ea app has decided to open but it did that's weird uh it's uh struck me that the game I know I created a seasonal character and that's just how it is because I created a seasonal character, but it, it struck me that the idea of seasons is now so inherently tied to the idea of also having cosmetics and battle passes and all that sort of stuff. I know they existed in D3. It's not like it's a new thing. They existed in D2 also. It's not like they're new even from that perspective. Well, the idea of like selling them in a shop seems not to have been in D2 at least. I know you could get them like downloadable in d3 but i don't remember an in-game cosmetics shop do you but it's not about in-game cosmetics it's about the idea of seasons diablo always had the idea of a season right oh yeah start they would start a new season they would start the ladder over there would be a fresh race to 100 there would be all that kind of stuff right it's a jump you jumped my uh jumped my story thank you for for bringing up the things that i didn't feel like existed when i got into the season tab I think when I remember back to D2, D3, the tab opened up and you were talk- they were talking to you instantly about the race to 100 and and all those things, right? Like, what's new this season? What did we change? D3 was like, what's the new armor set that we dropped into this season that you earned? Well, how are you going to use it? What's What are the, the abilities of it? And when you click that seasonal tab, the first thing you see is like, there's new horse armor in the yeah. battle pass. I, I will say, you know, there have only been a couple of seasons so far, Two, but yeah. the thing it, thus far has been, you know, there has been new story content and, in these and, seasons. Um, and new items was, and new mechanics, right? Yeah, I was about, I was about to ask you about, I, as much as I want to make fun of, because it probably should be made fun of, $15 horse armor. Correct, um, yes, it's stupid. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, and the idea that there's janky animation in the game, and yet the shop works perfectly uh is peak activision not blizzard <laughs> uh 
that was one of the things I did want to talk about when I was going to get through the my initial impression of the season was not that I was hit with the idea that, hey, I should probably catch up on Season of Blood here and, like, get through this stuff because once I finish it, there's new mechanics added to my character for playing this season. Like, yep. you, you and, will earn and That was bonuses. true the previous season also. So did those stick around? Are those ingrained in the character already? And I am not seeing them or what? Because that's the stuff that should be on that seasonal tab is like, Hey, so kill stuff and get this. Uh, Oh, so they drop off. So like this season run me through, they have like blood powers or something like that. Yeah. The, I mean, there's a, there's a series of story quests associated with it. So you'll find out when you play them, Uh, they have a little Mm -hmm. leaf on them. So, you know, that they're the, the seasonal quests. Um, but they are, you know, effectively a, a new little storyline. It's all vampire related. Right. And uh, did, did, did they change the minions and stuff in dungeons and on the world map to match this? Is Was it all vampires everywhere all the time like it is right now? Uh, there are some places, depending on where you go, that will be covered with vampires all the time. And mm-hmm. that was not the case before. Okay. The vampireness of all the places depends is like a mechanic of the season. Got it. And it's stuff will like the vampire blood hunt or whatever they call it will move around the, the map. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you will, you know, as part of playing that uh, seasonal quest and you will unlock effectively a new tab in your uh, character that is, you know, vampiric powers basically that you, you know, unlock by uh, doing vampire stuff and doing vampire missions and and killing vampires in the vampire area. And, and that's not going to stick around. Don't know. This is the other uh, thing is that Blizzard has said that they are going to take the stuff that is popular and cool and everyone likes from the seasons and kind of fold it back in later to the you know the full game. So and two so one things. of the things from the previous season that was yeah. announced um, at BlizzCon would be as BlitCon that would be coming back was there were certain, uh, in the previous one, they were called malignant. There were these, um, these like tumory growthy kind of ooze, oozy kind of like things, growths mm-hmm. that you could attach into jewelry in place of gems. Right. Right. And they had powers and they would do stuff. And so like, you know, gems normally give bonuses to certain things like, Oh, bonus health or bonus attack bonus, whatever, you know, uh, bonus to certain kinds of damage or whatever you have um, armor. Um, mm-hmm. The these would do like when you use this skill, you get an extra 20% damage based on how many enemies are near you or like, you know, sort of more interesting kind of things. And for some of the classes, they like got really cool and really interesting and powerful ones. And then I think for some other classes, they kind of just didn't and no one used them. <laughs> they just stuck with like, <laughs> Hey, well, you know, it's cool health, you know, yeah. like, or whatever. Um, and so I, I think it was an interesting choice. And I think at BlizzCon, they said, they're like, hey, we're going to take some of those ones that were really well liked for the classes that liked them and create items that are now do those things so that people can have those interesting powers back, um, which is good, right? Because now the classes that had the interesting choices and stuff before get to keep them and the ones that didn't, who cares? <laughs> Right. Like they, they didn't lose anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how much of this vampiric power stuff will stay, but it's a pretty in-depth system. It'd be kind of crazy if they threw it out in, 
in comparison, right, this one is much deeper, it feels like. Than yeah, I mean, the there's a whole, one. like, melting system of, like, okay, you have to choose minor and major powers, and they all interact with each other. It seems like... And and story-wise, how would they explain them later on if you just, like, end season over and it's all gone? Sorry. Right? Like, well, that, yes, though, that is kind of what happens, right? They they transfer the seasonal characters to the Eternal Realm. Yeah, it's and true. Yeah. yeah. Then, yeah, the stuff that only stays on the seasonal realm is gone. Yeah, that's true. I guess that it's, who cares? Because it's a separate story because it's a seasonal story instead of, instead of main story. But yeah, it's it's a little strange because you you should never create a non-seasonal character. So, <laughs> right. So that that is like the thing, right? Is there, you know, the only purpose of the Eternal Realm and creating a character there is that, you know, you will never, uh, you know, that is known, right? Everything that happens there, you won't have to interact with the seasonal mechanic. If you like decide that the vampire stuff spawning everywhere is annoying you, and you like don't want to be hassled by it. Um, you can not do that anymore, right? By yeah. going back to the Eternal yeah. Realm. Well, I am liking the game's story for sure enough and the mechanics enough to keep playing it, although it definitely is different than D3 in a way that I'm not sure how I feel about yet. So, um, oh, quick question you meant- before you wrap up on Diablo 4. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know how you're building, what you're like. Oh, how you're spreading your points. Um, I have my build saved. Hold on. So I went sorcerer. I don't know, sorceress. What what are what what are you running? What are you running? So, uh I've been doing necromancer for the last couple of okay. uh ones. I find it more interesting to play the minion type necromancer as opposed to the like spelly casting type. Right. Um I don't know that that's actually the better way to play. I think the the spell damage ones might be stronger. Okay. But whatever. Um, so I just sort of take all the skills that make my minions stronger, and then I cast, like, bone spells that splinter into pieces and hit all the enemies kind of stuff. Nice. I've got um, Arc Lash, which is an arcing lightning thing, and I've got Chain Lightning, so another arcing lightning thing. Um, I have not hit level 30 yet, so I don't have the secondary power put into my skills uh enchantment i think is what they call it but i have the chain lightning socketed into my skills so i get free chain lightning sometimes um teleport ice armor frost nova um unstable currents which is the one that gives you uh if you cast shock you get a random random skill also cast uh when you activate it for 10 seconds so if you just like ram all your <laughs> ram all your uh, attacks real quickly within 10 seconds you get a whole bunch of skills cast cool um and uh fierce mastery i think is the the ultimate passive i'm supposed to take where close enemies take increased damage from shock and deal less damage to you so it's like a shock chain lightning build with a lot of defensive skills to kind of keep things vulnerable and put away from you. Gotcha. Yeah. The, um, I guess something that isn't well explained is like kind of the vulnerable and overpower. Overpower isn't explained at all, (laughs) but vulnerable is important because it means the enemies take bonus damage. So like if you have a way of inflicting that, that's really good. Yeah. So uh, I think frost Nova, 
Frost Nova um, makes things vulnerable once you start upgrading it. Cool. Yeah. And um, there's there's um, aspects that you can get for ice armor that give it thorns, and I think also vulnerable. I'm I don't have them, but yeah, that's probably, kind of the no, l- leveling care about thorns, but yeah. No, but I think the thorn thing also gives vulnerable. So you have then two skills that you could kind of like bounce the cooldowns back and forth to keep things vulnerable and taking twenty percent more damage. Um. Uh, and maybe also teleport no teleport gives you unstoppable which is like invincibility right or whatever it's just immunity to crowd control oh really okay i think well there you go yeah no you're right you're probably right um yeah i know i'll need to change the build up if i play past 50 to like a a either a different lightning build or or something else entirely with sorcerer i don't know what's strong end game but um, I'm having fun with it so far. So, but we were talking about BlizzCon, and I think we have just a few minutes to to ramble about BlizzCon. I guess. Sure. Uh, it sounded like we got a report from friend of the pod Chris, who actually went man on the ground. Yeah, man, man on the scene, reported back to us live, in some cases, but often not. <laughs> Mostly afterwards. I think we uh, had some impressions of the the company's delivery of of the event, but m- the things that stood out to him more seemed to be like the organization of the event may have just suffered a little bit after COVID. Uh, I think a little bit is the wrong word to use. I think it suffered greatly. Yeah, that well, sounded like to me. Definitely, some of the stuff that used to exist as options and rewards for people have disappeared. I'm not not sure a lot of people saw the full value of their tickets, especially considering a secondary market for tickets opened up later on. That was the other, like, not I illegal. Was just... It was through the through the website, through the Axis website, and it was um, upsetting to some people to see the price of tickets. I was sort of surprised to hear how low or like how few games there were for people to play shocking like, yeah they had I a know, you know they I had know a whole Blizzard, new game. they don't have that many different games well okay. hold on hold on they had a whole new game called warcraft rumble that i didn't know about until a few days before blizzcon and i think people that are more in the warcraft and wow community knew about it pretty early on because they got alpha and beta access to it so i'm not saying it was poorly advertised but it seemed like maybe it was a little more poorly advertised than they, than they planned and i remember when diablo immortal came out there were phones everywhere to try that thing out and uh yeah they just had a qr code for you to try out warcraft rumble yeah that's kind of surprising um which you know if the game is just out out like i could understand not dedicating a lot of space to that but like sure. set up like 10 phones or something man i don't know like if you don't think there's going to be a lot of people interested in in downloading it just like put a little space over there you know yeah, very or like you have this diablo 4 game you want a bunch of people to play no place to play that yeah what <laughs> yeah no diablo 4 at all yeah. uh um, overwatch the, overwatch was like apparently I, played with roll lock on so only one person per team could try the new hero cool cool which i mean you know that is kind of a 
you know, that produces competitive, better competitive games, I guess. But sure, also, but if you're unlucky like, on the on your random pick order too yeah, many did you times. You sit down first, right? Like no, it's pick order, right? So like the game starts and the whoever randomly rolls first gets to roll whatever. Yeah. 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 I you know. Bummer. Kind of a bummer on that one. And then uh World of Warcraft had it sounds like the most computers uh for trying out new stuff, which I think a lot of WoW people, generally speaking, don't like to spend their time on WoW there also. Right. I feel that a lot of people that go there for WoW are interested in talking to and seeing their guildmates not playing WoW again. Well, yeah, I mean, because they're going to do that stuff eventually, right? Um, For a lot of time versus, like, trying it out for a little time. Yeah, exactly, uh, right. Opening ceremony was a cluster. It's it's rough out there for BlizzCon. I think they'll get they'll they'll turn it around. It sounds like it's sticking around, and they got a lot of feedback. I don't think necessarily bagging on the event needs to happen, but they got feedback that they needed, and it was surprising to hear after so many years of us going in the knot that uh, they struggled a bit. I don't know what to say. I hope they. Uh, they you know take the feedback to heart and and try and do better next time and like you know no place to play any of their other games no section set up for people who want to play starcraft no section for people who want to play heroes of the storm even though they're not maintaining it no section set up for any of this other stuff like you know celebrate the games that you have even if they're not the number one that you're trying to promote today right but apparently no yeah I can understand maybe StarCraft and Heroes of the Storm not having anything. I mean, they um, don't. you don't need a huge area, right? But like a small section. But if they're still playable, yeah. I mean, it's like the old arcade idea, right? Yes, hey, come exactly. play Blackthorn. Yeah, set, two, set up two computers for people to play Blackthorn. Set up one computer for someone to play, you know, five uh, computers to play Heroes of the Storm together. Whatever, I, I guarantee you know? if they set up 10 computers with Diablo 2 Resurrected, they might have sold yeah. some copies of Diablo 2 Resurrected. D- yeah, man. Diablo 2 Resurrected is a fun game still. Man, we were talking about vampires during Diablo, and I was hoping to talk Castlevania, but I think we'll save that for next time. Who Who's stopping you, though? Uh, okay. What What else is there to, to cover that we haven't talked about already? You got to In the Castlevania? end. Castlevania? Oh, I did get to the end. I did. Yeah. I think we discussed last time that all rocks is the best character. And by the end, uh, there were things I hadn't seen that I hundred percent stand by my convictions. That all rocks is the best character. Yep. I texted you a picture. Oh, you texted me a picture after I called uh Richter Belmont, Roy Mustang. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what you had just seen. Uh, uh-huh. there's a great scene where, uh, yeah, well, I don't want to spoil too much of it, but you know, um it's, it's good yeah i don't know it, spoilers how about this spoilers for castlevania nocturne there you go castlevania You've been nocturne yeah uh season one so just you know skip skip to the end where we tell you uh to email us at podcast at we were gamers.com about yeah and your experience us at on youtube youtube.com slash at we were gamers yeah um it was cool to see uh grandpa belmont J- jules jules 
Julius? Juiced? Juiced, I think he Juiced. said his name was. Yeah, Juiced Belmont pop-up. Uh, even though he didn't do much other than help Richter find his way again. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> but, uh, um, taking his whip, I guess. I don't, It was odd. That was odd little diatribe on the side. But well, I guess was his originally, it, right? Then the mom, yeah, well, the it was the family heirloom, right? Uh, fun fun side story that I'm sure comes back. Uh, now that at the ending we saw that they're not giving up on Alucard. Yeah, I I, I really was curious to see uh, your reaction to the Alucard stuff because it really comes in at the end, and then you're like, God, but dang it, they're but not more, finishing the story. Please. <laughs> But more, please. One more. No, no. Why not? Yeah. So yeah, right. Huge cliffhanger. Huge, huge cliffhanger. And I mean that that tells you that like it's possible that the storyline with uh, Dracula isn't done and all sorts of stuff like that. Like, was Nocturne supposed to be separate? Nope, never was. Enjoy. Right. You know, you kind of got. You kind of could guess the technology had moved forward. Maybe it was a new thing, or you know this was just a complete spinoff. They weren't, they were being cagey. You know, you weren't, you were getting some hints that maybe it was, but maybe it wasn't. And then they're like, Nope, definitely same universe. Still a thing. (laughs) Very cool. Very well done. Just like the first different tone, um, from being different writers, but different tone in a good way. I think I didn't find the characters to be whiny i didn't find i didn't find anything really negative just liked that because they were in a different time period different tone entirely different characters different tone we'll see if alucard lands the same way in season two but there you have it yeah yeah i think it's very uh, cool yeah i'm excited i I ended in a higher space than i thought i would be um when i got to like the midpoint the last three episodes really turned the show and the the new take on the night creatures where it's like well in the last one they developed independent will and then this one they're like reminded that they have souls and we're people and it's like oh all right so like we're just like going full on night creatures are are not just mindless monsters like they were in the first show yeah it'd be interesting to see where that goes for sure because that definitely is left unresolved yeah very very unresolved uh super cool to see the like not ultra baddie but like the baddie baddie of the season get just aced at the end yeah well you know alucard's sword doesn't mess around nope (laughs) uh turns out that uh he's been doing it a long time still is you know I quite liked that change where it was like, okay, yeah, I get it. We have to do the same thing we did last time. Richter's got to learn how to fight. He's never really, he's picked off like dumb vampires. He hasn't fought anything like night creatures or anything else like this before. We got to watch him grow all that stuff. And then it's like, boom, (laughs) the hero's here. It's like, now you're on his level. Time to introduce the real bad guys next season. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Now we got to fight the real bad guys. Very cool. I like it. Very cool that it's a continuation as well. Yeah. Podcast at WeWereGamers.com. People, if you liked it, tell us. Podcast at WeWereGamers.com. Talk about Diablo. If you played Diablo 3 and you're curious about Diablo 4 or Diablo 2 and you're curious about Diablo 4 or Diablo 4 and you've got things to say about it, 
Yeah, I'm all ears, man. That that leveling system is definitely something I'm gonna ponder for a while because it is tray interesting in terms of its meaning and not necessarily its mechanics. I think it, the other interesting thing, which you won't get to until you get to level fifty, is how the Paragon stuff works and like the boards and the whole thing. It's That's why wild. I said a hundred because I feel like Paragon is more than half the game. And it just feels like, okay, well, I'll finish the story before Paragon even. You will. You will. Uh, The points increase, uh, which is interesting because you get four per level once you start getting above 50. But I'm assuming that things are still leveling even past your Paragon level. I don't think so. No. I believe 100 is the cap and that's just it. No, I just mean like... when you're level 56 things are still leveling it's not like they stop at 50 and paragons oh no yeah no 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 no. Uh -uh. yeah the monsters go up to level 100 just like you yeah yeah so everything's tuned which is really something i'm gonna have the noodle on as i play it i think it requires that i play it all the way through 100 because it's an odd one well, you're going to have to get your grind on if you want to get that high, that's for sure. I don't think so. I need to do it very quickly. I finished Act 1 in a week, and I think I could if I could do an Act a week, I feel good about that. Oh, yeah. I just mean if you want to get to 100. 100 is going to take some some time. Serious grindage. Well, maybe maybe before I get to 100, I can make a determination on how I feel. Yeah. I, I think by the time you're in the like upper 60s, and 50s, high 50s and 60s. You get where things are going. Grasp of what, what's going, yeah. Mm. Okay. Anywho. Mm-hmm. Podcast at WeWereGamers.com, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll uh, we'll see what Michael has to say about us. Well, I don't know if there's going to be a... Oh, he finished the COTC story, so we'll get to actually talk about the best chapter of the game so far. Question mark? Yeah, maybe. It's a, it's a question mark. 